toss it over to the chair. Um, so that. No. No. Oh, sorry. So we'll. So let me go ahead and end, uh, we'll get going. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the March 3rd, 2022 Board of Zoning Appeals meeting. My name is Luke Mortensen, and I'll be facilitating the Zoom video of tonight's meeting. With me is Catherine Week, Planner and Staff Liaison to the Board of Zoning Appeals. We will work alongside the Chair to facilitate tonight's proceedings. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast live on the City's YouTube channel and Public Access Cable Channel 25. During the meeting, please mute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon. Please remember to unmute if and when you want to speak. For the purpose of this public meeting, please keep your video on for the duration of tonight's agenda. If you are participating by phone, you can enter star six to mute and unmute your phone. Be aware that we will not be screen sharing as a part of tonight's uh, meeting. All attachments, reference materials, and submissions from the public are included in the agenda packet. A few reminders to ensure that the provisions of the Kansas Open Meetings Act are met. Members, you must state your name and title each time you speak. Members of city staff must also state their name and title each time they speak. I would ask applicants, members of the public, identify themselves each time before they speak to ensure that everyone is able to follow along. The chair will call for in-person and virtual public comment for those who wish to speak. Following that, all motions will need to be stated clearly. After a motion is made and seconded, staff will call on each commissioner individually to provide their vote. Staff will then announce whether the motion carried and the count of the vote. And then just a reminder again, uh, everybody please mute yourself when you're not speaking and I will throw it back to the chair. Thank you, Luke. Chairperson Beth, uh, Falvey. Um, Good evening, welcome to the Thursday, March 3rd, 2020 uh, Board of Zoning Appeals. Um, staff, can you call roll to determine if there's quorum? Yes, staff liaison, Catherine Week. Clark? Falvey? Here. Gardner? Here. Harrod? Here. Shalinsky? Here. Rankin? Here. Weisner? Here. Thank, Thank you. you. We, we have four. Uh, Chairperson, um, we're going to go to the communication section of our agenda. Is there any communications to come before the board? As on Catherine Week, we have no additional communications. disclose any ex parte communications or abstentions for specific agenda items. Seeing none. Um, staff, is there any items that will be deferred from the agenda? Yeah, staff liaison, Catherine Week, we have no items that will be deferred this evening. Thank you, Chairperson Palvi. Um, we're gonna move on to our public hearing portion of the agenda. Um, and we're considering a variant, a request for a variance B22-00032. Um, for property 815 Ohio Street. And it is a the applicant seeking a reduction from 20 feet to 16 feet for proposed improvements to an existing detached dwelling. I'll ask staff to um, provide a report. Good evening, board members. Luke Mortensen, Planner with Planning and Development Services Department. 
As Chair Falvey just noted, public item number one is a variance from the required front setback for an RS5, that's the single dwelling residential district, lot from 20 feet to 16 feet. The property is located at 815 Ohio Street and the applicant proposes to enlarge an existing covered porch that is attached to an existing detached dwelling. I'll run through the five criteria at this point, focusing first on criteria number one. The focus there is on uniqueness based on platting and zoning. The subject property is an approximately 5,850 square foot platted lot. It was platted and recorded in 1863 as part of the original town site. This was 64 years prior to the adoption of zoning in Lawrence in 1927. Per Douglas County records, the existing residential structure was co constructed in 1965 as a duplex, but was converted to a detached dwelling in 2011. The existing structure was established under the 1949 Lawrence Zoning Code. The existing structure is approximately 26 feet from the front property line. This satisfies the previous front setback standard of 25 feet. In 2006, upon the adoption of the current land development code, the subject property's front setback was reduced to 20 feet. The subject property is a standard 50 foot by 117 foot lot. This is a common for the original townsite lots and portion of Old West Lawrence, downtown and East Lawrence. The RS5 zoning district has the second shallowest front and rear setback standards, second only to the even smaller RS3 zoning district. While the age and the architecture of the subject structure may be unique compared to its neighbors, this is a result of the staggered development of portions of Old West Lawrence. The neighborhood was platted prior to zoning in the city with large houses occupying uh, large parcels that were comprised of multiple platted lots. Over many decades, some of these larger parcels were split apart with medium and smaller sized houses occupying the various adjacent platted lots. That being said, the subject property is still a traditionally shaped lot with an existing code compliant structure. The subject property and the subject structure do not exhibit characteristics of uniqueness based in platting or zoning that warrant this proposed setback variance. Criteria number two focuses on the potential adverse effects upon the rights of adjacent property owners or residents. In staff's opinion, the requested variance will not adversely affect the rights of adjacent property owners or residents. A reduced setback will not restrict the adjacent property owners and residents from maintaining their existing detached dwelling land uses. Staff did not receive any communications on this proposed variance, however, the applicant has submitted neighbor communications, which are located within the agenda packet. Criteria number three focuses on the land development code's definition of unnecessary hardship. In staff's opinion, strict adherence to the land development code would not constitute an unnecessary hardship as defined by section 20-1701 of the land development code and included within tonight's staff report. The subject property has existed as a code compliant detached dwelling since 2011 and has satisfied the applicable zoning code since its construction in 1965. The proposed variance request would be a solution to a design preference rather than a relief mechanism to mitigate, to mitigate an unnecessary hardship created by adhering, adherence to the land development code. Criteria number four focuses on adverse effects on public health safety, morals, order, convenience, prosperity, or general welfare. In staff's opinion, granting the requested variance will not create an adverse impact upon the above listed items. The request in question is contained within the parcel owned by the applicants. 
The proposed structure would not create any spillover or noxious effects to the surrounding area. And the fifth and final criteria focuses on the general spirit and intent of the code. In staff's opinion, approval of this variance is inconsistent with the spirit and intent of the Land Development Code. The variance process is intended to equalize development processes and mitigate unnecessary hardships caused by adherence to the Land Development Code. The subject property satisfies the density and dimensional standards for an RS5 district lot, and the subject structure satisfies the required setbacks. It is not the code's intent to grant variances to compliant structures and properties. Additionally, the code does provide some relief mechanisms for instances like this. This includes the average front setback process and the exceptions for certain architectural features to be located within required yards and setbacks. Uh, I go further in detail on both of those mechanisms um, and explain how each would be applied to the subject property um, within the staff report. To conclude, staff recommends denial of the proposed variance to reduce the required front setback for a lot in the RS5 district from 20 feet to 16 feet for the subject property addressed as 815 Ohio Street. With that, I will wrap up staff's portion of the presentation. I can answer any questions and then the property owners and their design professional are with us tonight as well. Chairperson Falvey, thank you staff. Um, is the applicant wish to add to the presentation? Um, oh, well, first, I mean, I, th I think Luke, Luke or, and staff have done a great job of, of you know, really responding to the, um, the request. I, w I would like to add a few a uh, few items. Um, I, I didn't realize there wasn't going to be a visual uh, opportunity, but I, I did look at um, the the one thing that's unique about this this property is it is you know the zoning that you have in front of you is RS five is really you know it's blanket blanket wide citywide zoning as you as you well know and it. It covers greenfield and older neighborhoods, and a lot of the older neighborhoods, or there's quite a few, especially Oriad, have overlaid districts that um, talk more about zoning plus the uh, particular design um, design intent, and um, and it's specifically it does identify under um, its chapter three and um, paragraphs or article C two. It, I'll just quote here. It just says, citywide zoning codes do not reflect the established patterns, but rather the patterns of new greenfield development on the edge of town. And I, and I, you know, that's in one of the documents city has. And I think, you know, it is, a, it is adjacent to this property. And as we all know, Old West Lawrence is, is one of those uh, unique neighborhoods that is very similar. Um, the other thing that I guess I, I was just going to add is, um, you know, the way the code is written, the zoning is written, we are able to do, your, your calculation is on the one side of the street. If I took that same calculation on the opposite side of the street of Ohio, that, uh, that particular street or that particular side comes up with 16, 16 feet using that same calculation method. And, and it, it seems to me that there's, you know, maybe maybe looking at it a little bit more holistically, and I think that's what variances do is give you an opportunity to look at those things holistically. Um, 
but um, so anyway, I wanted to add that. I, I um, as far as the hardship, I mean these these two, there are two or three properties within this this neighborhood that do not really conform with the rest of the the neighborhood and don't have don't have porches, and I think as the the, uh, the supporting letters and emails show is that there is some desire to, to make something happen as far as a front porch. To say this is an extension of the existing porch, there is a side kind of modern-looking thing that <laughs> that leaks, and the desire is to make this, this house more conforming with the, the rest of the, the neighborhood. The only unfortunate part is with you can't really have a very usable front porch. It's more of a gesture if you're using just a six-foot uh, you know, six foot dimension. So that's why the variants are trying to get a little bit more more area in front of the house. And I, I, I would note that one of the houses uh -oh. is have the church that is at the very corner um, at that property. Um, sorry if my internet's not doing well here, but um, we do have, uh, the church is actually very close to the corner, um, maybe within a couple feet, and we're not able to include that in. Did you mute him? Hey, Kurt, that made it mute. Good. Well, I too want to thank staff for all the work that they've done. Um, it takes a lot of energy, and we're glad that you put it into our project. Uh, unfortunately, we are having a hard time with your decision. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you can you tell me why the two sides of the street are? Dan, were you saying that the, they have different setback? If you use the same calculation, you come uh -huh. up with six. Uh, because of the varying, uh, uh, there's eight houses there. There's four that are less than, or four. There's four lots, four houses that are that you have a less um, of a setback than the encroach on that 20 feet. And if you use the, the calculation that you're normally use, take those eight uh, lots and the, the distance, distance between, between them and the the, um, the actual uh, property. Um, buildings, then you come up with 16 feet, a little, just a hair over 16 feet. So we bought on the wrong side of the street. I get it. Yeah. Right. Right. Let me, let me interject something here. Um, this is Deb Spencer, one of the owners. I think on page 27 in the application packet, you can see that very clearly. And we did survey both sides of the street. We went out with our measuring tapes and we met some of our neighbors in the process um, and measured their setbacks and measured their porches. Uh, when we bought this property, it, if you look at the, the front pictures of it, it's kind of a funny looking little house. And the previous owners did, I think, a really nice job of rehabbing it about 10 years ago and changing it over to a single residence. Mm -hmm. uh, very livable. 
but it needed some work on the front. And we thought we could do that. It really never occurred to us that we couldn't build a a good front porch uh, here in Old West Lawrence that's got so many of them. On our side of the street, there are seven houses and four of which do have front porches. On the other side of the street, there are eight houses and four of those have a front porch. Of those four, none of them meet that 20-foot setback restriction. So thank you, Dan, for pointing out the statistics on that and the numbers. Um, From this very privileged place, retiring into Old West Lawrence, we really have a hard time claiming hardship, um, but we could claim disappointment. Definitely. Um, Sort of deep disappointment that we couldn't proceed with our plans to add on to this dwelling, which in many ways we thought would not only improve this property, but improve the overall street look, appearance, and be much more compatible with the spirit of Old West Lawrence. Yeah. This is Susan. I, I would like to say uh, Deb hit hit it on the on the head there, the the spirit of the neighborhood. Old West is a really friendly neighborhood and you walk by each other, people say hello, they stop and chat. You walk by uh, somebody on their porch and say, hey, how are you doing? And uh, it's very old fashioned. The neighborhood's old fashioned. A lot of the architecture is, ours isn't. Um, but it's it's why we moved to Old West. It never really dawned on me we couldn't put a front porch on our house. So we do have the blessing of our neighbors on either side that that wouldn't interfere with their sight uh, up down the street. Uh, one, Catherine Cullen actually said that whenever a homeowner wants to make an improvement, as long as it's not hurting anybody, uh, that, that that should be viewed as a as a good idea. I don't remember her exact words. Improving the neighborhood. Yeah, improving, improving the neighborhood as the well property. as the yeah. property. So I, I, think, I think that's all I yeah. have to say. We'd really like to sit on our front porch and have room to welcome other people and onto when, it. When you came to the neighborhood, yeah. we'd sure say hey to you. Yeah, we would. <laughs> um, so that's our appeal. And we're glad you're there. Um, to listen to this. Yeah. I, I would just like to add one, one subtle thing about the zoning is that the setbacks just assume that, you know, you're, you're going to have a, a hard facade or meaning you're going to have a hard line where you have um, a, a full wall. I mean, you think about porches. I mean, the one thing that I would say about this request is we're not asking for a, a walled-in structure to be encroaching further in. It is an open-air structure. So I guess I, I you know, again, slight difference. And I, and I think, the, you, know, um, you know, if zoning could have those subtleties built into it, which I think overlay districts try to, uh, and design guidelines try to do that, you know, um, th- those things add, add to the, you know, the ability, I guess, for these variances. And I understand that this one doesn't have that overlay district, but I, I guess I'm, you know, wanting to highlight that there is a, there is a subtle difference, difference when you have a couple columns 
in a in an open air porch. Mm -hmm. Susan, again, I I just wanted to say you were talking about hard versus open and what have you. That in our walk, and we also we walk two blocks of Ohio and two of Louisiana to begin with, um, and we found that there were many, not that they can't be torn torn apart, but uh, a whole lot of um, stone and concrete retaining walls that came all the way to the sidewalk while the porches protruded beyond the official setback, the current setback. Just a reference point, I guess, yeah. for visual. Dan found those wonderful references from uh, on the web that, that are worth reading about neighborhood communities and the benefits of front porches. Uh, <laughs> I think all of us are sort of yearning for reconnection these days, and but this neighborhood's always had that kind of culture, and we hope to join it. This is Chair Falvey, thank you. Um, I'm gonna bring it back to the board for a discussion. Open comment. Uh, Chair Falvey, we usually Shalinsky, have... I have a question for Mr. Sabatini. Um, is it uh, your intention and your design that you would be using the entire um, new setback under the variance? So in other words, uh, it would be a 10 foot porch in width. Is that the intention? Or is there a little bit of fudge factor in there? Just, um, can I interrupt for one second? Staff liaison, Catherine Week. Um, typically we do a public comment before we start the discussion portion. Um, so we okay. should save that uh, yeah just save that question for a moment and let's do open public comment if it pleases the chair at this time chair falvey uh thank you staff for pointing that out is there any um public comment in person or requesting on zoom luke mortensen planning development services nope there does not appear to be any public comment in the room uh, or on zoom I would direct you back to the agenda packet that had all the communications. Chair Falvey, thank you, staff. Um, I'll bring it back to the board for discussion. And uh, board member Shalinsky, do you want to start? Um, yeah, do I need to repeat the question or do you understand <laughs> where, what, what I was asking? No, I, I don't. I don't personally. I mean, our, our intent is to use the uh to have a 10 foot porch um and what you saw in the packet there was kind of a area identified on the site plan that was in gray um is to kind of extend the line of the existing side porch um out and then kind of wrap so it'd be more like a wraparound porch and i mean again i know you're not dealing with design but our intent is to take that kind of a modern roof off and um, most of the most of the single-story buildings and or houses in 
Owens Lawrence that are like this are kind of like bungalows, and so it'd probably be more cl- closer to something like that that we would, you know, try to, you know, have to. There's a lot of, you know, nuances here, and we haven't gone through the design process just yet, but the intent is to kind of make it more um, within that kind of bungalow-like house. Yeah. This is Deb Spencer. Um, and Susan and I, the way we're approaching this week, came from a house that had an eight-foot porch which, with pillars in it. And uh, it was barely usable when you put a table for four in the middle of it and have chairs around that. So we wanted a little bit more elbow room. Um, and so asking for 10 feet, feet, yeah, we could probably live with nine, but we'd really like for it to be more than eight. Chairperson Falvey, um, board member Schlinski, are you done with your questions? Uh, for the time being, yes. Um, is there any other board members who have comments or questions? Board member Gardner. Um, so the the porch requires columns somewhere in the middle of it for the uh, architect. Well, like most of the front porches, you'd see at the edge, the front edge of the that ten feet, you would have a series of wooden columns. Is you know whether it's two, three, you know, or four. It really depends on the structure and not, you know not getting overly into the design. But that's you, we will need something, and then obviously wrapping the corner um, down the the uh, side. Uh, so those would be six by six sixes. They're gonna they would be something like that, but they're probably gonna be wrapped with uh, to make it look more historic or more okay. in keeping i mean so it wouldn't be um what you might see out in a contemporary kind of development okay so that means that basically in order to match the neighborhood you're going to have to have a column that's about a foot wide or yeah there's going to be somewhere around now yeah so you really that's only have nine nine feet in a 10-foot porch of usable space, then is that is that correct? And I think that's the what Susan and um, Deb were talking about. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, my next question is for the staff. Um, why do we only do the average rule on their side of the street versus the other side of the street? Staff liaison, Catherine Week. I actually kind of just looked this question up in anticipation of this question. So the street average is taken because setbacks are based on streetscapes, not necessarily blockscapes, even though blockscape can be a defining characteristic of a neighborhood. When streetbacks or setbacks are, are defined in zoning codes, they are usually describing a streetscape, which is why one side of the street is typically used for the average in the zoning district. So the board could decide that they wanted to use the blockscape versus uh, something that's typical. Um, we could use the, the average for the block. 
Um, I, I kind of find uh, some uniqueness in this property because it abuts a church. There's not another one like it in the neighborhood. So to me, it finds uniqueness. Um, uh, condition number two is already met. Condition number four is already met. The unnecessary hardship is really in an uh, in order to for the property owners to in, enjoy the uh, front porch and to fit into the, the architectural stuff of the neighborhood. It it kind of needs to be um, what it is they're asking for. So to me, that that basically defines an unnecessary hardship, and. I, I find nothing uh, safety-wise for condition number five that would make this um, outside the spirit of the uh, law. So um, I'd make a motion that we um, approve the setbacks requested at 815 Ohio, uh, or is it 825? Sorry. 815. 815 Ohio, because it does meet the all five conditions um, set forth by the code. Chair Falvey, if I may jump in real quickly, Luke Moore from Planning <laughs> Development Services. Uh, Board Member Gardner had asked about the streetscape block blockscape uh, question at the beginning, and, and he had said, what if we were to consider blockscape instead of streetscape? That would just the the land development code specifically talks about you know one side of the street the streetscape between two intersecting streets within the same zoning district so if you were to consider blockscape that would be it would be against the land development code chairperson Polly, thank you for the clarification staff um we've got a motion do we have a second there might be more discussion amongst the other members because I may have jumped the gun like I normally do. Um, I'm going to go ahead and second it so that we can at least talk about it. Thank you, Barry. Uh, Chairperson Falvey, we have a motion and a second. Is there any discussion? Chairperson Falvey, we've got a first, or we've got a motion and a second. Staff, can you read the roll, please? Sure. This is staff liaison Catherine Week. Uh, Falvey. Uh, nay. Gardner. Yay. Herod. So, um, can I ask for a point of personal privilege? Can I ask a question of the applicant before uh, we continue with the vote? Chairperson Falvey, go ahead. Um, and it might already be, I just wanna make sure I got it right. It might already be in the, um, in the packet. So if you were to build the porch out to 
the setback as allowed under the current zoning. How big would the porch be? Did you say it was six feet? Six feet with the pillars within it. Right. So you'd have spaces where you got, you know, five feet of usable space. And that's what the general was talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, we really would not build that. And so you just, you wouldn't build a porch at all coming around to the, uh, what would that be, to the uh, east side of your property? No. Uh, thank you, Chairperson Falvey. Uh, as to as to the vote, um, as to the general's motion, I vote yes. Shalinsky. I vote yes. Rankin. Nay. Weisner. Aye. So my tally is four to two, so the motion carries. Really? Luke Morrison, Planning Development Services. Uh, Susan, Deb, and Dan, I'll send you some emails tomorrow to wrap everything up. Hey, Luke, thank you very much. Yes, thank you all uh, for listening to us, and we appreciate it. And, and, um, just made a couple of ladies very happy. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. This is Chairperson Falvey. We're going to move on to our second agenda item. Um, we're considering a request for a variance B 22 um, And this is for property located at 2200 West 25th Street. And it is a request to reduce the required front setback in a CN2 district, and it is requesting a reduction from 20 feet to 4 feet. I'll ask staff to um, present the case. Good evening again, board members, Catherine Week, staff liaison. And as Chairperson Falvey mentioned, I'm here to present the second item on the agenda for a front setback variance request um, from a reduction from the required 20 feet in a CN2 uh, commercial, uh, neighborhood commercial district down to four feet. And this particular property is located on the north side of West 25th Street at the address 2200. Uh, the reason the applicant is seeking, seeking the request is that the owner um, is looking to add a front covered entry roof over the south uh, entry and a patio pergola slab outdoor area um, adjacent to the front entry. The setback standard in question is 2601B under the density and dimensional standards for non-residential zoning districts. Again, this is for the CN2 neighborhood commercial uh, center district. And that district requires a 20 foot front setback, uh, 20 foot side exterior setback, zero foot side in interior setback and a 20 foot rear setback. And this property is located on the Northwest corner of Melrose Street and West 25th Street. And it has 20 foot setbacks along both frontages. And so it should be noted, this is a particularly interesting one in that um, 
the site plan that was originally approved in 1981 and again in 1985 for a revision, both note the both frontages as fronts. And as a reminder, corner lots do have the opportunity to determine the direction of front and site exterior as long as the dimensional setback requirements are met and they do not create a nonconformity. And the, for the purposes of staff's analysis, um, the south is noted by both staff and the applicant as front, but staff did want you to be aware that the analysis would be the same had the side uh, exterior setback been determined on that frontage. So in uh, considering the five criteria for approval of a variance, the first being that the request arises from such conditions that are unique to the property and not ordinarily found in the same zone or district and are, is not created by the actions of the applicant. In reviewing this criteria, staff um, did not find that the site met criteria one, that these characteristics are not unique and can be found elsewhere in similar zoning districts. Various properties and land uses have been established and redeveloped over time in similar CN2 zoning districts that also require front setbacks, both in both cases where two frontages may be on a corner lot. And there are no existing restrictions caused by the site's platting or zoning that would restrict the, restrict the applicant's ability to continue operations as a code compliant office use. A little history on the property. This property was platted um, as lot one crossgates number four in 1981 and the subject property came into existence under the previous zoning regulations or the 1966 zoning code. And that light satisfied the density and dimensional standards at that time. And it was classified in the C2 zoning district under that previous code. And the lot also satisfied the requirements for setbacks at that time. And the property was developed um, in a compliant manner with setbacks and zoning re regulations. There is also exceptions for uh, setbacks that are listed in the land development code. Um, particularly relevant to this case is uh, exceptions for canopies, cornices, corn I'm sorry, cornices, canopies, eaves, and other architectural features that could potentially, uh, if needed, project up to two feet into setbacks. The setback. Uh, Exceptions could be used by the applicant in this case to construct a covered roof uh, with a maximum width of approximately 11 feet without having to ask for a variance uh, before the Board of Zoning Appeals. The structure is located approximately nine feet from the setback according to the site plan um, and the documentation that the applicant provided. And with an additional two feet of the permitted encroachment, that would permit um, uh, an approximately 11 foot canopy structure. The applicant could also construct an alternative design uh, for a patio and pergola area. Um, and that location could be located to the east for customers um, outside. So staff did not find that there were unique circumstances um, and that the situation was not created by the applicant to qualify uh, for a variance under criteria number one. Criteria number two, whether or not this adversely affects the uh, rights of adjacent property owners. In staff's opinion, um, this would not affect the rights of adjacent property owners. The activity is contained solely on this site and it doesn't impact the rights of adjacent property owners to utilize their property in a consistent and code compliant manner. 
Criteria number three, which addresses uh, the element of unique hardship. Staff did not find that the uh, variance request rose to the level of unnecessary hardship. And under the analysis, uh, particularly in some of the description for how the space is intended to be used and for the reasoning behind the, zoning, uh, the variance zoning request, staff did not find that those reasons rose to the level of unnecessary hardship. In the definition of unnecessary hardship, in particular, financial considerations cannot be taken into account. So whether or not this, the additional use that would be um, utilized for the pergola and patio area, if whether or not they had to modify the design or uh, lease or rent other spaces as described in the application could not be a factor of consideration for staff to analyze. There are also other opportunities uh, for uh, the applicant to accomplish the goals described in the application for the variance request. Uh, the site has been zoned CN2 since the adoption of the current, land the current land development code in 2006, and prior to that, in 1966, zoning code, the property was zoned C2. This zoning district permitted the office use under which the development site was implemented, and uh, the previous zoning code also required the same front setback in the district. So staff did not find that the request rose to the level of unnecessary hardship. The applicant does have a desired design that has been put before the Board of Zoning Request for the request, but a desired design is not necessarily a criteria for review. Criteria number four, that the variance desired would not adversely affect public health, safety, morals, order, convenience, prosperity, and general welfare. In staff's opinion, uh, granting the variance to reduce the required front setback from 25 to four feet may adversely affect public health, safety, morals, order, and convenience. Though the request would be contained within the parcel owned by the applicant, the location of the additional outdoor use may impact neighboring properties. The outdoor use for training purposes introduces activity directly adjacent to the public right-of-way and noise that the site has not been considered for under site planning procedures to ensure that it would comply with all use regulations for any outdoor training space, such as that might be required, for instance, screening or buffering from public spaces, has not been anticipated, or has not been analyzed, I'm sorry. And while the use may be permitted, a variance to permit the use in a required setback does not pose any adverse effect as listed in criteria four, or does potentially pose as um, listed in criteria four. Uh, regardless of the location on the site, uh, the additional outdoor area would need to be site planned in conformance with the current development regulations to ensure that any of those negative impacts that are potentially uh, produced by the increased use and location could be mitigated. And so in staff's opinion, the stated reasoning for the proposed variance request in regards to health and safety, even of the users on the site, could potentially be accomplished in other manners and does potentially pose adverse impacts for neighboring property, the general, or I'm sorry, neighboring, the general population and neighboring uh, public right-of-way users. Criteria number five, um, does the variance, does granting of the variance, is that opposed to the general spirit and intent of this uh, chapter? 
So the land development code establishes required setbacks for structures within non-residential districts. And those required setbacks and front setbacks in particular are intended to create predictable building envelopes, prevent structure encroachment towards and within road right of way, ensure that there's adequate space for future and road utility infrastructure, provide green space and landscape buffers, and create and maintain a uniform building plane for both residential and commercial uses. The West 25th Street right-of-way is classified as a local street in, 20, in the 24 transportation, 2040 transportation plan and creating that and maintaining that uniform building setback um, as properties develop and redevelop, even in infill construction, ensures both vehicular and pedestrian safety. Sight lines down and across the right-of-way are predictable and uniform. The land development code some anticipates that some art architectural features may extend into this required setback, and it provides exceptions for architectural features like roof eaves. However, the code does limit the exception to two feet, as further encroachment may jeopardize the efficacy of the required setback. And so the applicant, again, as stated in earlier criteria, could accomplish an approximately 11-foot covered area in the southern entry without having to request the variance. And finally, the subject property, as it has been developed um, is and approved in previous site plans, the intent of the code is not to approve variances for existing and compliant site plans and land uses, and it is also not the intent of the code to move structures towards nonconformity. Non so in conclusion, staff is recommending denial of the variance request to allow the applicant to reduce the required front setback distance for the structure in the CN2 uh, zoning district from 20 feet to 40 feet for the property at 2200 West 25th Street. And I would be happy to stand for any questions or clarifications if you should have them. This is Chairperson Falvey. Thank you, staff. Uh, is there any um, members in the public to provide public comment, either via Zoom or in person? Luke Mortensen, Planning Development Services. There's nobody uh, in person, and there does not appear to be anybody on Zoom. If there are public comment, I'd direct you to the staff report. Chairperson Falvey, thank you, staff. Uh, I'll bring it back to the board for any questions or comments. Um, board member Shalinsky, I have one question for the staff. Um, I'm looking at all of the different drawings, um, you know, aerial photography, et cetera. The staff report indicates that um, subject property is on the northwest corner of the intersection but all the maps at least the way i'm looking at them seem to indicate that it's on the northeast corner so um i'm just trying to yeah. figure out what we're really looking at here staff liaison catherine week that is a good catch that is a typo it is the northeast corner Okay, so when I went by and looked at it today and looked at the northeast corner, um, I didn't waste a trip. Uh, very good. Thank you. 
this is board uh, chairperson Falvey. Um, board member Gardner, it looks like you have a question yeah, or comment. I, I got called away for a minute there and I was confused initially by the two front side things. Um, and then I did want a clarification. Is it the red area where they're wanting to build out into? Staff liaison, Catherine Week. Yes, if you're looking at figure four in the staff report, there is a red shaded area. And that is the area that would be uh, the requested setback reduction. And is that a covered area or is it? Uh... So currently it is open. They would be proposing to encroach a portion of their entryway or covered entry into that setback. And then on that same drawing, you'll see there's like a pergola or hatched kind of area towards the street. That would be a proposed patio and pergola location in that red shaded area. Okay, so it's open with pergola over it um, and it's kind of offset from the front entrance. Is that, is that what I'm seeing? That, that is what the drawing describes, yes. Okay, and they have, uh, you kind of said there was other places they could do this, but can you tell me where else they could do this? Because I don't see it. Sure, staff liaison, Catherine Week. They could do it on any of the white shaded area to the east of the, the structure itself. Okay, now is that a parking lot? Currently it is a parking lot, yes, but they could reconstruct that to build whatever they wanted. So they'd also have to move the entrance? Staff liaison, Catherine Week, not necessarily. They could still enter out the south and walk, turn to the east and go towards the covered area, towards the parking area. So, so um, Board Member Gardner again, so do they reduce the parking requirements in order to do that below what they're allowed to have? Staff liaison, Catherine Week. So staff did not analyze the parking requirements on this particular site plan. The request was for a variance. If they were to propose a different configuration, staff would analyze whether or not this site has compliant parking, whether or not the parking is meeting the numbers, or if this would be taking away parking spaces, how many parking spaces would that be reduced by? So you make it an option, like they had an option, but you don't analyze the impact of the option you say they have. Staff liaison, Catherine Week. Staff's role is to react to the variance that is put before the Board of Zoning Appeals and analyze it based on the five criteria outlined in 1309. There are a multitude of many design alternatives that could be presented to staff and staff's role at that time would be to analyze those design uh, submitted criteria based on site planning um, standards that are required. Okay. Uh, no more questions. This is Chairperson Falvey, and I apologize. Is the applicant or owner on and wish to make a comment or Yes, hi guys, this is Chris. 
I'm the applicant to uh, speak in regard in basically response to the owner. Uh, first of all, thank you for all your help. Thank you for all the work you guys have done. Appreciate that. Uh, I do want to respond to some of the comments like in regards to the east side. Um, one, this facility is, uh, there's employees that go into this facility at the same time. They also have individuals that come in for training. So the parking lot is a very important uh, piece that's on the east side for enough parking spaces to actually be able to come and park. And so um, I understand the, the chairman asking the questions because the part of the front building uh, door is in the middle of the south facade of the building. And part of why it might look like a, the roof is offset is we are basically taking the roof to where the sidewalk from all that runs along the east side of the building that picks up all the individuals from parking carries over to the front of the, the basically the covered uh, pergola, or sorry, covered roof entry. And so that's why it might feel like it's it's offset, but it stays within the footprints from of the building going east to west. So I also wanna make sure that we understand in the, that zone of the red, it's not actually, we're not doing anything in the that full zone of red. It That red is actually indicating where the the actual setback zone is, if you will. The actual yellow, it's like a pale yellow highlight on there is what the covered roof would be. And then the pergola is offset where it's more centered based on the, the front entry of the building, all still on the, that south side within the confinements of the east-west footprint. So the reason why we're in this position on the south side is that it is literally right off the front entry and the reason why it comes and connects to where is gesturing towards the parking lot. So the other part to the um, the parking lot is that this would be a non-starter for the owner because we wouldn't have enough parking spots for the employees and the individuals coming from out of town to to do training work. So this would this would end up being a, a non non-starter for the owner. And I don't think that we would actually even get this approved with the square footage of this building and the, the amount of parking stalls by creating this uh, patio that's on the, on the uh, east side. And then moving to um, the discussion about uh, the roof, uh, part of having, trying to get as much covered roof as possible is, is really based on the amount of attendance of people that are coming into the space. So when they do have a breakout uh, from a meeting, there's actually adequate space there for them to stand under under the elements. And then in the same um, comment about the, um, I think it was criteria number four, where there was, it might be, might be my fault or miscommunication as far as the, any training, there is no physical or uh, construction tool noise from a training standpoint. It literally is a verbal process. And then if they're showing any kind of training, they might be showing the proper ways to put on hazmat suits. And so it might be that where there's some individuals that they are having some of those meetings that might be outside. So showing how they're putting on a hazmat suit or something like that would not be the a a noise factor that would be if somebody was trying to teach somebody how to 
jackhammer or something. And so I, I want to make sure that's a clarification to be understood that it, it's not a it's not a training course of where there's heavy um, noise. Any of the cutting and proper procedures, stuff like that, they would end up doing inside in some of their training rooms. Um, so that said, part of part of this whole gesture is to one um, keep within some of the integrity of the building from an architectural standpoint, but two be able to actually provide some sort of uh, safety and security from from the either rain, you know, hazardous elements, if you will when people are coming into the space from the parking lot or taking breaks from in between their meetings. And they typically will have meetings anywhere from three to four days a week. And these are individuals that are coming from all over the, the country actually. And they, they actually come here to train to be sent um, not just within this country, but also with um, out overseas. So the individuals coming there, they don't have a lot of locations to go and do breaks because they don't really don't know this the area. So the client is really looking for be, to be able to have a space for them to actually have a, a breakout zone at the same time, be able to utilize it in flexibility to have additional training pieces like the one I was talking about with proper hazmat uh, apparel. Um, I think that's most of my comments on, on really just as you guys have walked through and really again just to reiterate this is an open air structure it, it is not a solid wall um, that we're doing so it's a roof with essentially it's actually two columns because we're attaching it to the building so there is two columns that would be holding up the roof when we get to the pergola the pergola also is a, a typical pergola where it is an open structure there's no walls um, but the pergola will have about four to five uh, posts. And and I understand that part of the pergola is the encroachment. I'm also willing to have, would love to have a conversation if, if we could not do a pergola, part of the pergola is for additional shading, but there's a flat extension of the patio for additional space without a, without a pergola. This is Chairperson Falvey. Thank you. Um, board member Gardner. Oh, hold on. I'm going to go to staff first. Yeah, staff liaison Catherine Week. I just wanted to answer board members Gar uh, Gardner's previous question. I did look it up while the discussion was taking place. This particular site plan is under the previous approval in 2005 is required to have 21 spaces for the use as it was defined. and they, or I'm sorry, was required to have 15 spaces um, for the use as it was defined on the site, and they currently have 21 spaces, so they do have extra parking spaces according to the site plan on file. Chairperson Falvey, thank you, staff. Um, board member Gardner? Yes, um, for the, for Chris, the representative, um, what is the classroom size and number of people that uh, a typical training program includes? Sure. Uh, great question. I, I, from what I've been told, they range anywhere from 10, uh, a size of 10 people to a size of 15 to, and then at most they get to maybe a 20. 
2020. And what's the number of staff members in the um, business or the building? And so the, the staff members also vary in, in range because some of those individuals actually get called out to go to remote locations for additional training to um, site-specific areas dealing with um, whether it's hurricane or you name the um, climate disasters. But so those, those they range anywhere from, uh, what is it, four, uh, four individuals to, I believe it's uh, seven or eight. And depending on the, the I, I know that some of them, some of them now also work remotely. And so some of them come in. So there's, it's, it's hard to give you an exact number of like how many are actually physically there on an everyday basis. I guess, um, Board Member Gardner, my, my point in asking the questions was trying to figure out whether um, there was room to reduce parking in order to put this structure on a side where there's no door, which makes no sense, but could it, could it be built into the parking lot and still have enough parking for the business to do their business? Do you know the answer to that, Chris? Well, so what I would say is that um, no one, everybody tries to plan for the worst situation of, of, let's say they have everyone there and they have a class of 20 and obviously know that, that it wouldn't fit. Um, if they had the least amount of people there, four, and they had a class of 10, potentially that it might, they might fit within the, within the, the actual parking stalls. But if we take out an easy five to six stalls, um, we're now really, we're not leaving a lot of flexibility for, for the classes. Part of also the, the, their classroom size is, is timing and they also, they make money the more members they have coming in their training courses. So they're really going after trying to get 15 to 20 people to come in for their training groups because they actually have a better profit margin when they're training and teaching when they have higher higher numbers. So the the lower numbers is not something that is a desired amount for for the training, and it and it's not an often case. So like their their actual target goal is to try to make sure that they have fifteen to twenty applicants in some of their training meetings. Okay. Chairperson Falvey, uh, Board Member Gardner, do you have any further questions? Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to help them do it. If I went to the the bottom or the number five condition, because it's a pergola and doesn't impact the visual for um, Melrose Lane and 25th Street. I feel like safety is not an issue, and and uh, going to number one. Um, this borders a residential thing here. Certainly looking at the map or looking at the uh, buildings in that 
area. There is nothing like it. Um, so that's unique. Um, let me go through here one more. Trying to find the uh, the staff's report now. On Does it go directly to find number one, but then I don't find two? Oh, wait a minute. Chairperson Falvey, it's on page seven. Okay. At the bottom. So number two is not a problem, right? Because it doesn't restrict the rights of adjacent owners. Number three um, goes to address unnecessary hardship. This is board member Falve, or chairperson Falvey. Do any other board members want to comment on um, the first three um, points that we've that board member Gardner brought up? We're at hardship right now, number three, in our five conditions. Chairperson yeah. Falvey, I'll uh, I'll jump in for just a moment. Um, I for those of you, and I think. Can you state your name? Oh, I'm sorry, this sorry. is board, board member Herod. Thank you, Chairperson Falvey. So for those of you that, that watch the Board of Zoning Appeals, and I think I'm speaking to Luke and Catherine at this point, and they might have, they might have noticed over time that um, I tend to track quite often with General Gardner's thinking. In this instance, I'm, I don't think I am. What I'm looking at is, I'm definitely a proponent of successful business in the city of Lawrence, that, that is to be desired. And what it sounds like is we have a successful business, they're good at what they're doing and they're getting classes in and they're training. But the thing is, is they've outgrown their space. And this space is really limited in what you can do with it. There's just, there's no room to do anything to the north, to the west, and the south is what we're talking about here. And of course, as, been, as has been pointed out, you know, they're successful, so they're commonly, you know, filling that, you know, the spaces they have available in the parking lot, so they really don't have an option to go into the space to the east. And I'm looking at this site plan, and I'm just, I'm getting the feeling of square peg, round hole, because they want to do some, some neat stuff that I think would um, complement the programs that they're putting on, but it just... It's just not allowed, you know, within the current zoning. You know, the, the pergola is just completely within the required setback. Um, the porch area is somewhat in, certainly not not too much, but they, they I think they're in a spot where they've outgrown their space 
um, if these things we're talking about are really necessary, you know, to, to carry on. And I hate for that to be the issue because I want to do what I can to, um, you know, promote successful businesses in Lawrence. But that's where my thinking is right now. So it's board member Gardner then. So I could actually appreciate the help to me. Um, because that's the only place they can build it. It is an unnecessary hardship because you can't build it to the to the east, to the north, or to the west. So the only place they could build it is to the south. So restricting it is an unnecessary hardship. And and I don't think the there is no safety issue. So five is is um, it's not within it's not going to be an unsafe situation and i don't think it's the, the desire or the spirit of the code to prevent businesses from being successful so i'd move that we that the board approve the variance because it does meet all five conditions um and do I have to repeat how much they're asking for? Uh, let's see. I'd, let me try again. I'd move that we approve the variance to reduce the required front setback distance for a structure in the CN2 neighborhood commercial center zoning districts from 20 feet to 4 feet at 2200 West 25th Street because it meets the five conditions. This is Chairperson Falvey. We've got a motion. Um, do we have a second or some discussion? Board member Herod, um, I would think point of procedure. It sounds like General Gardner's motion dies for lack of a second. Um, does the chair concur? Chairperson Falvey, uh, yes. I think we should go back to discussion. I would, I would volunteer this though, and and I would ask staff to keep me on the rails if I'm getting beyond our mandate. Um, you would think I would know this after this long, but. That's why we have staff. So we have a site plan in front of us asking for a variance. And essentially, the ask can be busted into two pieces. There's this pergola sitting down here at the far southern end of the site plan, clearly within the setback. But then we have this yellow, I think it's been described as a porch-like area. Is that correct? It's actually a covered, sorry to interrupt. This is Chris Bashir's. Um, it's actually a covered roof. There is there is a current sidewalk uh, concrete uh, slab that is there in place, and it actually um, it extends farther than the the eleven foot uh, distance that was discussed in in your responses. 
it actually extends uh, the to where we're showing the edge of the actual roof structure itself. So what we what we were doing is basically creating the roof structure that extended out as far as the existing sidewalk slab that's currently there. And that is an open roof structure with two columns. The other two are, there are no other columns because the other side is attached to the side of the building. Okay, so this is board member Herod. Um, so what you're, what you're, just to make sure I, I'm clear and hopefully the rest of the board is clear. So we've got a slab sitting on the south side of this building right outside the door and what you're going to do is you're going to build an overhang that will provide protection from the elements above it is that right that is correct and this is board member Herod. and then there's going to be two columns what presumably to the east and to the west corners of that overhang that supported is that right that is correct okay so and i think this question is for staff so i think it's within the board's ability that we could approve a portion of a request for a variance. Is that correct, staff? Staff liaison, Catherine Week. You could reduce the number of, so the request is for, was for a total of 20 feet down to four feet. You could reduce that ask down to X number of feet, whatever you, decide however you could not increase the number um, uh, staff I do just want to make uh, one thing clear since we're talking about the covered porch and the slab so the slab as it exists is in conformance with the site plan and the land development codes once the covered roof is attached that becomes part of the structure that then is regulated by the setbacks which is where the exceptions come in for what is permitted to be encroaching in uh, set in required setbacks and that's why staff has noted the distances that could be attained without the variance and why the total ask of 15 feet for the existing to cover the existing slab um, does not conform with the current setback regulations i hope i've clarified that if you have additional questions feel free to ask me this is board member here. Thank you, Catherine. So I think everybody can see where I'm going, which is, you know, as I look at this, I have no problem, you know, voting to approve uh, a variance to allow that overhang to cover the full slab. Um, I think it's de minimis, you know, it's encroachment into the setback. It makes sense. Um, and it's, it, it, it works, but I clearly am, am having heartburn about, ex, you know, extending farther south with the pergola and what. I just like I like I've already said. I feel like it's it just clearly we've outgrown the the site, and I have trouble using the variance process to to in in this particular instance. Um, that's that's where I am for what it's worth. Board member Gardner, question for for the staff. What part of an overhang, because if I remember right, overhangs were allowed like eaves that didn't, that could go into a setback and not be counted. What was that distance an overhang could go? Staff liaison, Catherine, we, they could attain an additional two feet into the setback. 
so they could go all the way up to the prop or to the setback line and then an additional two feet. Okay, so what is that um, porch, the yellow or tan part? How much into the um, setback area does it go? Staff liaison, Catherine Week, you may need to ask the applicant specifically the measurement of the slab because staff does not have that measurement for the exact slab. Chris, can you answer that question? Yes. Yeah. So it go, it's roughly going about five feet into the into that 20-foot setback. So on, on this drawing, I also have a, there's a line with an arrow that actually says a 15-foot proposed setback for the covered roof. That that note is um, to the the right side of the actual drawing. It'd be the it's probably directly right of that red box. Okay. And and so part of part of that reason too is that the vertical post would fall right at the edge of that slab. Reducing the the roof would put the would put the post in the middle of the walkway of the slab, oh. which creates a problem for people trying to enter into the building. Yeah, no, but it would not be possible. Um, I'd, I'd modify my motion to cover the part that's in yellow or tan or whatever that is. Um, so it would then be a for the staff, what, what would the setback um, exposure be? S staff liaison, Catherine Week, if I'm understanding the direction that you're taking, you would be proposing they cover the entire slab. Correct. And that would be at what the applicant has indicated would be a distance of 15 feet, reducing the setback to 15 feet. From 20, is that a thing? I gotta find it again, so. Um, this is Chris, yes, that's correct, from 20. Okay. So, I modified my motion uh, to prove the variance um, to reduce the required front setback distance for a structure in CN2 zoning district from 20 to 15 feet or 2200 West 25th Street. Could you see your way to second that motion, Travis? This is Board Member Herod. I have a point of information first, if I could, Chairperson Falvey. Chairperson Falvey, go ahead. And this is for, um, Chris, Mr. Bashirs. So, um, is that? I'll just show you my cards. I don't want to approve a variance that that the owner isn't going to use. You get what I'm saying? It's like yeah, I mean, if we approve the variance, are you going to build the overhang so that you have the covered porch? Yeah. So the the plan would definitely be that we would we would build that. Part of that patio is more or less a, let's call it an embellishment to the site to have an extended breakout. This, the area that is a solid covered roof 
is the area that is the most important because one, if it is raining or if there's uh, intense sun, they have, they have actual coverage of people that are under there. And then that also helps them with ice, snow, et cetera, from just walking into the building. Right, thank you. This is board member Herod. So I would second General um, Gardner's motion for the 15 foot setback. This is Chairperson Falvey. We've got a motion and a second. Is there any just other discussion from the board? Okay, I'll ask staff to call roll, please. Staff liaison, Catherine Week. Falvey? Nay. Gardner? Yay. Herod? Yes. Shalinsky? No. Rankin? Aye. Wisner? Aye. I'm sorry, Wisner? Aye. Motion carries four to two. This is board member, or chairperson Falvey. Um, we'll move on to the miscellaneous uh, portion of our agenda. Are there any items under miscellaneous? Staff liaison, Catherine Week. Um, we do not have any miscellaneous items. Um, I do want to give you the heads up that uh, we may have one item uh, for next month's meeting, but we also have training that is scheduled for next month's meeting. This is Chairperson Falvey. Thank you, staff. Um, do I have a motion to adjourn? Board Member Shalinsky, move to adjourn. Board Member Gardner, second. This is Chairperson Falvey. We've got a motion and a second. Can I have the roll call, please? Yes. Staff liaison, Catherine Week. Falvey? Yes. Gardner? Yes. Herod? Yes. Shalinsky? Yes. Rankin? Yes. Weisner? Yes. It passes. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate your time. I assume Luke, you'll send me an email. That will be me. I'll send the email for oh, you. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Thanks, yep. You guys have a great evening. Good night, everybody. Bye. Good night. Good Thanks. job.